the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli, that's Danny Cannell, that's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson here with you live 11 a.m. like every single Thursday so that you can be a part of our locks for the weekend. So if you're watching on youtube.com slash cover three, welcome. If you are listening because you are a loyal subscriber of the Cover 3 Podcast who's been coming to get these locks for years, well, thanks for rocking with us. Uh, we have a loaded slate. This is, I believe, the most FBS on FBS games that we have had yet to this point. Nearly everyone's in action, so I I can only speak for myself, but uh, it's, it's quite a beefy card as we try to dig ourselves uh, out of, you know, minor minor holes uh, on that note let us go ahead and as we start every show with a very quick review of last week's action uh tom you were four and five on the week uh the wins included notre dame plus six and a half unity latifa loves it uh chip tom and bud all cashing in on the fighting irish as they won outright handily as six and a half point underdogs you also won a lock fight against bud taking Wake Forest, uh, the Game Control Champions, also winning the under in Western Michigan, San Jose State. It was windy. The over in Cal, Washington. Then a push with Middle Tennessee, plus three. The losses being Texas A&M, minus three and a half against Arkansas. Stanford, plus five. Ohio, plus 14 and a half against Northwestern. And the under, 56 and a half in Central Michigan, FIU, as well as the Navy under 14 team total. Tom, notes, thoughts uh, as we move ahead to week five. Well, thoughts are that I'm at least happy in real life. I was able to get Middle Tennessee plus three and a half. I had to do it at three for the show because that's where it was at that morning. So I won in real life. Uh, other thoughts are it's bad news when Bud and I are in agreement. It's better when we fight because when Bud and I are in agreement, I'm two and four. When Bud and I fight, I'm two and one. Good to know for the listeners who, who are following along uh, to see if we've got any Bud, Tom agreement or fights. Uh, I went four and four. The wins included getting in on Notre Dame, got the Texas, Texas Tech over 60 and a half. The Longhorns did it for me by themselves. Didn't even need the Red Raiders. Western Kentucky plus nine and a half. Also uh, a cover against Indiana. Baylor plus seven. Um, Tulane minus three, a loss. Houston minus 20, a a loss that has me uh, reworking a lot of my analysis of the Houston Cougars. We'll see if we get into that this week. A UNC plus 12 and a half, one of the, one of the worst losses definitely in the ACC over the weekend. Then Kansas State, Oklahoma State under 46 and a half. 
Not the game that I expected to play out, but a great win for Oklahoma State. And I pushed the under 48 in a game that went to double overtime in Clemson, NC State. So four and four on the week. By the way, Tom, 21 and 19. Uh, he is currently the season leader at 21 and 19. Chip, Chip is at 19 and 21. Uh, Danny. You've got the win in the over 46 from Notre Dame, Wisconsin. You've got the win in UCLA minus five against Stanford. Uh, Florida minus 18 and a half, also a win and taking dubs from Nebraska plus five and the under 63 and a half in that Florida, Tennessee game. Losses from Coastal UMass over 65 and a half. You might have to fill me in on what that final score was. It's not on the top of mind. Uh, Michigan minus 20, uh, Texas A&M minus three and a half and Oklahoma minus 17 in that narrow win against West Virginia. I uh, The lesson for me, I got to take it easy with these favorites. I had way too many favorites in some of these spots, but you see what this says? See what my mug says? DK State. DK State is back. I'm on top of 500. This is just the beginning of a massive turnaround on the year. I'm still under 500 in the year, but that's all about to change. Yeah, five and four for the week. The best week that anybody had here in week four, 18 and 20 on the season, as you mentioned. Bud uh, went five and seven, getting in on Notre Dame, also getting in on the UCLA Stanford bar fight against Tom. Other wins included the over 46 and a half with Cal Washington, the team or the first half under in Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Heck of a play there. Louisville minus one and a half against Florida State, taking a loss with Missouri up at Boston College in uh, that wild overtime game the under 56 and a half central michigan fiu ohio plus 14 and a half michigan minus 20 and the boise team total over 36 and a half from breakfast ball in, in utah a couple lock fight losses the under 62 in texas texas tech and virginia minus four uh thoughts as we turn the page mr elliot yeah um so two really bad calls with uva and uh and texas tech under uh Wake just played much better than I'd seen him play this year. Um, like I went back and looked at my numbers. There wasn't anything really in there that I thought suggested they were just going to crush them like that, and they did. So I, I've had to adjust, wake up in my power number some. Really killed it on the week and didn't do a very good job on the lock spot. If you watch the Sunday show, you went 19 and 10. You know, If you, if you watch the lock spot, you went 5 and 7. I'm, I'm trying to find stuff that I think still has value. You know, If you're somebody that bets only a couple thousand a game or less, you know, once the circles come off, it's a different game. So, my man, did you just say a couple thousand or less? Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like on, on a Sunday, you can get you know two, three thousand on a game, no problem. If you if you run a professional betting group or something, and you need to bet like twenty or fifty thousand on a game, you can't. That's why some of those big moves happen later in the week because those groups the the books finally take the the max bet limit off, right? And that little red circle comes off, or they put the blue circle on, which means that they're really confident in their number and. They'll take 100 G's offshore. Um, that's like at that point, the market has serious influence in it. It's a little, it's a little looser. Thursday morning, there's still some value to be found. I think I just, I got to do a better job picking out stuff on the lock spot. Yeah, I don't get out of those bed limits, for less man. Grand. Those yeah. limits kill me all the time. I got to get those those big bets in early. Yeah. So people talked about dimes. I was like, oh yeah, you mean like what? Ten bucks? Well, I mean, <laughs> for instance, I I took I took uh, Boise Utah. Or Boise Utah State over sixty three on the Sunday show that closed what seventy and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean it lost because uh, Utah State somehow figured out a way to have four hundred forty yards and three points. But uh, in any case, it 
stuff does move quite a bit. So there is definitely a challenge of still finding values later in the week. All right. Well, that's what we're going to try to do. Gentlemen, are you all ready to lock it up? Let's do, do it. it. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Since 2005, when Service Academy's Come wife. get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. The under is 33.91. We've gone over it a million times. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right, early birds get the worm. We're going to tackle this weeknight action first. Uh, Virginia and Miami on Thursday night uh, down at Hard Rock Stadium. The Hurricanes, around five and a half or so point favorites, over under around 62. Anyone got any action on Thursday night's game? ACC showcase? No one? I, I do. mean, yeah, go. I want to hear what you guys think because I got to do a Twitter tip for this one and I'm really not entirely sure what I'm going to do yet. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you want to put this in the sprinkle column or not. I think the variance in this game might be extremely high. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, the QB for, for UVA, has looked really, really good. Uh, and I, I think UVA can likely get out there and score. Uh, their running back might be back. We don't know if De'Aaron King is going to play. I don't think De'Aaron King is going to play. Both of the guys... David Lake and, and Gabby Rutia, who who hosts the Inside the U Through the Smoke podcast, both of them pick Virginia outright here. I think Virginia can go down there and score thirty. I will be kind of all over this number in various ways for you know, try to like spread it around. The one I like the most, however, though, let's play on the uncertainty. I like UVA minus three plus two twenty five. Alternate lines are out because it's weeknight game. I think you can play on the variance here. But if I have to pick a spread or something, is um, that your lock? Yeah, <laughs> that's the one I want. Oh, oh wow! Well, no, we're not locking no. up. All right, lines. okay, that's fine. Uh, let's pick something boring. Uh, give me UVA plus. Let's see. You gonna go to an odds jam here? Get you five and a half. Five and a half works for me. All right. Piece of cake. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, leaning towards UVA. I'm leaning yeah, towards UVA. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards UVA. It's just after that weight game, I'm like, Ugh. but then at the same time, I don't really trust Miami. And there's been weird things with this line because like it opened at Miami minus two and a half. And it's gone to Miami minus five and a half. And I'm sitting there thinking, is this just overreaction to the Virginia weight game? Or is there some information that I didn't know? And that's why I've been kind of like vacillating back and forth between what I'm going to do on this. Miami has won six out of the last seven in this series, but most of them have been lower-scoring, one-score games. Virginia has the best passing offense in the entire country. Miami has been awful at tackling. However, for all that awesome leading-the-nation passing offense, Virginia is still averaging less than 40 points per game. I I don't know. It's If you wanted to attack the total, I wouldn't hate it, but I think neither of these teams are reliable or... Um, worth uh worth a lock that's for darn sure well here's uh, here's here's a bonus to list watching the show live i'm going to be putting out a twitter tip for tonight because it's a tradition that i always put one out any night there's a college game i don't feel great about it <laughs> if you watch the show and listen you're gonna know that if you didn't oh well <laughs> friday night action has three games uh houston tulsa iowa at maryland uh, BYU at Utah State. Anybody getting in on any one of those three Fridays? Nobody taking the Terps in the snake pit? Wait, do you see? 
What is that up there? Do you see yes. what's up there? Yeah. Do you see that? Yes. Let's go, Locks. Speaking of Locks, Locks Pod, I'm going to go with Mike Loxley. I actually have a DK two for one special Ooh. on this bad boy. Uh, I am. Iowa's a team, like, do they really instill that much confidence on you that they can go on the road and, you know, possibly have to score a lot of points against a Maryland Terrapin team, which has been putting up some pretty big numbers? Tau Leah, or just Leah, as Locks likes to call him. That's what they call him, the College Park area. Um, he's been lighting it up. He's been really impressive. I think this game at home, Friday night, the atmosphere is going to be electric. Give me the Terps and the points, but we all know about Iowa's defense, right? The way they've been, the way they look on the field. Um, they're third in the country, only giving up 11 points per game. But are you aware that Maryland's defense is only giving up 14.2 points per game, which is good for eighth in the country? They're playing some defense as well. I don't expect a shootout in this atmosphere. I don't think Spencer Petrus is going to all of a sudden like start lighting it up through the air. Iowa has one of the most clear-cut identities in the last decade. They're going to try to run Tyler Goodson, who, by the way, was held to just uh, 87 yards last week, zero touchdowns. Um, I think Maryland will have similar success, but Iowa's defense is pretty legit, so I don't think Maryland's going to be going all over uh, putting up big numbers either. Give me the under in this one as well. So give me the Terps and Plus under. three and a half. Lock agreement on the under. 48. Sweet. So um, Iowa doesn't hit any explosive plays, right? Uh, Maryland's defense is okay this year. Uh, the one thing that I was going to consider taking Maryland here, but the one thing that really I, I wonder – how good Talia really is. Um, his average depth of target is like one of the lowest in the country uh, among qualified passers. This is an offense that just chucks screens all over the place. Iowa's an offense that, or a defense that takes on blocks well. They tackle really well. They don't get out leveraged. I, I don't know how effective Maryland's screen game is going to be against Iowa's defense. And I wonder if they're going to have to throw a little more conventional drop back game in this one. So I, for that reason, I stayed off, off Maryland, but I, Danny, I, I think this sets up nicely for an under at 48. Fun little stat that plays to both the picks of Maryland and the under. Uh, among power five teams, defensive success rate, Iowa ranks third among the power five. Offensive success rate, only one team is worse than Iowa, and it's Kansas. Mm. That's not where you want to be. Um, I'm rooting for Maryland. I do not have a lock for this game, but I think it's going to be, uh, it would be awesome because the schedule is going to get tough. There's going to be some losses. Like, I think that this is one of those games where on a Friday night, uh, I was talking to somebody who does radio in Baltimore earlier this week, and they pulled out the name Danny O'Brien. They said, this is going to be the biggest game ever in College Park since Torrey Smith was catching balls from Danny O'Brien and Florida State was coming to town uh, back at the beginning of last decade. So I, I hope if it is that kind of environment, if the snake pit is live, I hope it's a Maryland win. I also think that Iowa could just there's like a bunch of nihilist picks where it's like better team. They're going to steal all the soul away from college football. I'm rooting for Maryland in this one. Uh, I've got to play on BYU. I will comfort. Oh crap. I can't get. All right. So eight and a half 
or do do I have any eights left? Uh, there is no eights left. You're eight and a half. Okay, that's fine. I'm seven and a half. Uh, let's see, what was seven and a half? I felt comfortable playing it up to nine and a half, so I'm still still in the target range. I'll lay those points with the Cougars. Uh, Utah State. Uh, you mentioned Bud getting all those yards and still not being able to get any points. It's because they're. They, they make a lot of mistakes. Things aren't clicking. They turned the ball over a bunch. You know, we tried to swap out uh, quarterbacks. I still am a fan of the competitiveness of this Utah State team, but I think this line is too low uh, against the Cougars, so I will feel comfortable laying that on the road uh, in Logan on the Mothership CBS Sports Network on Friday night. You know some good news, Chip? Sure. Uh, Jaron Hall practiced for BYU as a quarterback, so that is, uh, that is encouraging. Um for sure. Is that I, one of the Romneys? <laughs> they no, got a lot I, of them out there. <laughs> I really thought about playing team total over in this, 33 and a half, but it, it's juiced 160, so I'm I'm just waiting to see it, if it moves around a little bit. I just can't uh, believe Chip has abandoned his Aggies. Well, I, I learned too much, man. I swear, you do the halftime show for Boise State, Utah State, you dive <laughs> into the details of the squad. You, get you to see too much football. Logan Bonner to feel really good about the Utah State squad. I'll tell you that. We were on yes. that one together. <laughs> yes, was, I, I've learned too much at this point. Um, okay, uh, let's get into any more Friday night action. Okay. Yes? No. Uh, first, Arkansas, Georgia, Athens, noon kickoff, 18 and a half points over under at 48. Anyone got to play on the hogs and the dogs? I do. Kick us off. All right. I'm going to start here with a play on the total. I'm going under 48. I just, I, I see this game playing two ways. Either A, Georgia, which has been the number one team in offensive success rate and defensive success rate, is going to crush Arkansas. And it's going to be like a, you know, 38 kind of 10 game. Or it's going to be close and Arkansas is going to stick around. But if Arkansas is going to stick around, it's probably because they're going to be, you know, squeezing the air out of the ball a little bit, trying to limit possessions as much as possible and playing good defense, which also will keep it under 48. I would very much prefer if it was at 49, obviously, but I, I still think this is going to be a lower scoring kind of not ugly game in that kind of Georgia Clemson sense, but I don't think it's going to be a very back and forth affair. What number did you get there, Tom? 48. You like that. Um, However, there are a couple 48 and a halfs out there. Oh, well, then I'm taking the 48 and a half. I, I, assume, I assume you like that a little bit better. I do. I like it a half a point better. <laughs> I'd still prefer it if it was 49, but I definitely like it a half a point better. Um, so I actually thought about something a little bit different here. I Man, should I join Tom on that? I, I'm actually going to go ahead and play just on Georgia's defense, right? I don't really know... Georgia's offense has played one really elite defense and then a bunch of ones that are kind of like at least below average. And I think Arkansas's defense is actually pretty good, but not maybe not like crazy elite. Um, go ahead and give me Arkansas team total under six and a half in the first half. I know that's not a great number, obviously, uh, but I, I, I do not think that Arkansas will hit those explosive plays against Georgia. I think Georgia's going to be able to sit in the too high for the most part and defend the Arkansas run game because they win so many battles up front. And, uh, you know, 
if this gets to be a blowout, I can see Arkansas scoring late. So go, I'm going to go ahead and attack the first half here. Anybody else getting? I want to, but I, I got to use some discipline on this one. I have a feeling Georgia a top I, ten game. You guys are just going to ignore it. Come I know, on. I know, but I got Hi, burned Danny. last week. Come on, I got burned last week taking some favorites. I think this is the week of the favorites. Like I think they actually do have their revenge. But I'm still a little bit gun shy from what happened last week with uh, Come on, the everybody A&M else game. is doing it. Come on, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not touching. I think Georgia's gonna. I think they're gonna boat race them. But I would actually. Well, I'll be rooting for the opposite. Right. That's what. That's where I'm at. I am rooting for Arkansas to make this a game and for this to be really exciting and thrilling. But all the smart people and all the nihilists out here are like, no, this is where Georgia wins 42 to 10. Sorry, they are as Tom mentioned number one in the country in offensive success rate and number one in the country in defensive success rate. And this is where the great story of Arkansas ends up getting exposed and they end up, you know, maybe still being the second best team in the SEC West, but not in the same tier as the best teams in the SEC of which Georgia certainly is one. So rooting for Arkansas, but uh, too, no too much to, uh, to think that that is going to be a, a lock uh, for me. Slight correction, they're 11th on offense, not first. Okay. So out of 130 teams, that's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. This is the Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bearcats. This is Cincinnati. Any any hope of defying Tom Fernelli and being in the college football playoff conversation requires a win in Notre Dame Stadium against the Fighting Irish. We've got Brian Kelly facing his old team, where he is the number two in program history and winning percentage. We've got Marcus Freeman facing his old team. We've got Luke Fickle going up against the program that if we were taking bets here on the Cover 3 podcast, I wouldn't put my money on USC. I'd be putting my money on Notre Dame as the school where Luke Fickle is coaching next. And all of it comes together into this massive top 10 battle. I am very, very excited for it. Cincinnati, a two-point favorite coming into the game over under around 50 and a half. Who's got to play? I No, I, I, I took some Notre Dame at three. I don't want any part of it at, at two, one and a half. I think the under may be worth a look, but I don't want to lock it up. I'm just curious, guys. Like, I know I don't have to play, but like, who will get the best of the deep defensive quarter they know? I mean, obviously, Marcus Freeman – knows Luke Fickle and what they want to do really well. Luke Fickle obviously knows what bother what bothers Marcus Freeman. Like who's going to get the best of that matchup? Both these offensive lines have been pretty disappointing so far. I think the quarterbacks have actually played really well in spite of some of the protection up front. That's that's what I'm interested in here. You touched on something that's playing a big role in my lock, which is the under. I'm taking the under 51 because as you mentioned, I don't think either of these offensive lines are playing well. Notre Dame can't run the ball. It hasn't been able to run the ball against anybody this season. I think Cincinnati's struggling to do the same. And I look at both of these teams defensively, like their strengths for both of the teams so far, I feel like have been their defenses. So I think with all that familiarity with each other, with two offensive lines that are struggling, I feel like this is going to have, we're going to have a tough time getting over 51 here without a defensive or a special teams touchdown. So that's where I'm going. Notre Dame's going to win the football game. I don't need key numbers. They are going to win the football game. So I'll take it at three. I'll take it at two and a half. I'll take it at two. I'll take it at one. I will take Notre Dame and I will lock it up. Um, the joke. 
I can well, only give you two and a half. I don't know. I don't. All right, I'll take two and a half. Uh, the, the joke, Marcus Freeman knows Desmond Ritter too well, right? Like we've talked about the high variance of Desmond Ritter performances. Marcus Freeman knows him very, very well. And this Notre Dame defense, while it has not been um, you know, excellent on a down-to-down basis across the entire season, there are two things that Notre Dame's defense has done very, very well. They have 14 sacks through the first four games. That is the most amount of sacks that Notre Dame defense has had since 2012, that eventual BCS National Championship runner-up fighting Irish defense. They also have nine interceptions on the season, which is tied for first in the entire country. So I've got a Notre Dame pass rush that seems to be cooking under Marcus Freeman's leadership, and I've got Kyle Hamilton in a secondary that is making quarterbacks pay for their mistake with all of the institutional knowledge I think that when we look at all those different chess matches, it's actually like Freeman against Ritter and that Cincinnati offense is one of the things that gives me some confidence. Now I take it to Notre Dame in general, which I just think is one of the hottest teams right now. I mean, they're just playing with a lot of confidence and with coming home after that soldier field performance against Wisconsin, I do not see Notre Dame losing this football game. They have played every kind of football game this year. They played high scoring. They played low scoring. They nearly blew a lead. They had to pull away late. Purdue had a little bit of an edge, and then they were finally able to take control. And I just think that the experience that this group has had, like they might run out of gas in November. We'll see. But I think at this point, they're just on a roll. And when you've got a hot team like that, I don't want to jump on the other side. And finally... We're talking about an American Athletic Conference team being favored at Notre Dame. Like, maybe even on principle, sorry. Like, it, give me the Fighting Irish. Uh, so that's why I'm locking up Notre Dame. Don't hate it at all. Don't hate it. Uh, all right. Now let's get to the SEC on CBS game of the week before we go to open gym. <laughs> It is Alabama hosting Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban, Bryce Young, Matt Corral. The buzzwords are everywhere. This is going to be the attention of the college football world uh, here in the middle slate of the day. Alabama favored by 14 and a half. I saw that the over under, uh, like it danced to 80 and everyone like shot off fireworks and was right back down to 79 and a half where I think I see it right uh, as, as we're preparing our picks. So, does anyone have a play on Ole Miss, Alabama? And if we don't have anybody who's jumping in on a locks, I do think that we need to at least uh, offer some advice because it's going to be a game that uh, all the normies uh, want to get in and uh, we want to be able to serve you as well. I got it. Oh, go ahead, bud. Do you want to jump in? Under 80. Yeah, all day long. I mean, this is principle, right? I mean, <laughs> what kind of podcast are we if we don't get on this under? <laughs> I mean, I look – this flashed when it opened. I didn't think it was going to come back to us. It has under 80s to play for me. Um, look, Ole Miss has not really faced a good passing game yet. I don't think Louisville throws the ball very well. I don't think Tulane throws the ball very well. So, in fairness, maybe Bama puts up 50-something and and I lose this. That's, that's possible. In watching what Florida did, though, to Alabama, I'm not so sure that Ole Miss can replicate that in the same way. And for Ole Miss has a great offense, don't get me wrong there, but Florida actually pushed around Alabama in the run game. And I don't think Ole Miss has that same type of physicality up front to really push Alabama around. I think Bama can really run in the back end, by the way, and uh, this will just be how schooled up is the tide on on what Lane Kiffin wants to do as far as creating one-on-nones. Because I think one-on-ones, 
I, I actually like Bama's guys here quite a bit uh, in, in this matchup. Backdoor possibility totally open. That's why I'm not going to play the spread. So go ahead and give me that under 80 for the game. I mean, how many times have every college football podcast, radio show, TV show referenced, oh, last year, look at Ole Miss. Wow, they put up so many points on Bama's defense. You don't think that's slightly rubbed Nick Saban the wrong way and that he's maybe put in a little bit extra time on the defensive side of the ball coming up with a game plan? And I'm not saying they're going to pitch a shutout. Like there's the, Lane Kiffin is going to find some ways to score some points. I just don't think you see a replica of last year with this massive shootout that everyone thinks you're going to get. And I think there's a chance too with with Saban maybe, you know, get, trying to take the air out of the ball or a little bit in the second half. Like sort of that, all right, let's get the lead and then let's not even let Matt Corral and Ole Miss touch the ball as soon as we get that comfortable lead. If I was going to, again, I feel kind of like the Georgia game. I think Alabama could kind of, you know, these these blue bloods, top dogs, alphas in college football might rear their ugly head and be like, hey, it's been fun for a month to have some parody, but we're not going anywhere. I feel like that's what it's going to go. But to what Bud alluded to, I mean, nobody likes covering that spread more than Lane Kiffin. Like he'll be clawing away at the end of that game. I think that back door could be open. So I'm going to stay away from that one. But you have to go under 80. We wouldn't be a principal podcast if we did. See, I'm I'm not afraid of the back door. I'm taking Alabama minus 14 and a half. I <clears throat> like you mentioned, Danny, there's all the talk last season about how, you know, Ole Miss put a real scare into Alabama. They were able to move the ball out of it, put a bunch of points on them. They put up 48 on them and lost by 15 because Alabama scored 63 on them, including <laughs> like I think it was their last seven possess. I think it started off Alabama touchdown on their first possession. Then they fumbled on their second possession, but it was after they'd already driven 80 yards. And then they punted. And then I think on their last seven possessions, they scored touchdowns. Old Miss didn't stop them really a single time. I don't see, I know, I think Ole Miss's defense has improved. It's just, I don't think it's improved enough to where I'm expecting it to be great on the road against Alabama. Because that's the other thing. Last year, the game was in Oxford. And like Matt Corral, he's played great this season. He's currently the Heisman favorite, but Matt Corral has turnovers in him. Like we oh, remember, yeah. we remember that Arkansas game last year. This is a guy who, if you look at his career numbers at home or at neutral sites, he's got an interception rate of one percent. On the road, it's at like seven point three percent. He's very much more turnover prone on the road in his career, and I could see him throwing one or two picks in this game that are going to hurt Ole Miss and they're going to hurt Ole Miss's chances of covering. So. I like the Rebels. I think they're good. I think Matt Crowell's having a terrific season. I think that they can move the ball and put up points, which is why I'm kind of scared of the under, despite the principle. I would rather be on Alabama minus 14 and a half. That back door is (laughs) 100% terrifying. I got got it locked. It's fine. Got the security code. They don't know the code. (laughs) Yeah, um, count on top. Uh, you're going to count on Alabama to do everything it needs to do at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Set the security code, lock the door. Best of luck to you. Um, I think that Ole Miss will be relentless in this. I cannot wait to watch it. Uh, I might personally jump on uh, that under just to ride for the squad, but uh, but I'll no no lock from me here. Okay, so last week's winner was Danny. Let's go open gym wherever you want to go. 
Uh, I will go. I had a good one. Um, I'll get to that later. Let's go to um, let's go to another SEC team that made me some money last week. Uh, the Florida Gators are playing Kentucky. If I was gonna take a side in that one, I think Florida is really good this year. I think they're this is a team that Georgia might be you know having to watch out for. Their defense, I think, is playing a lot better, and their offense is running the football. All over the place. Will Levis has had one good game. Other than that, it's been not that impressive. I think Florida wins. I'm not going to touch the number there. I'm going to attack the total, and I'm going to take the under. I think Florida has a lot of success against Kentucky's offense. I think they hold them in check pretty much the entire game. Much like last week against Tennessee, it was a, it was a little bit close at halftime. You know, They allowed a couple touchdowns in the first half, then pitched a shutout in the second. Uh, I like this game to go under the 55 and a half. Is that my best number? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I just, my heart is so full right now in that we're barely into the show and between the four of us, we've already bet six separate unders. Love it. They've been winners too. I, mean, I, I don't know the overall number, but it feels like there's been some, you guys all, everybody likes to say great defense. It's also been some bad quarterback play, but whatever it is, there have been some lower scoring games. It is, it is time to dig Barton's corpse up and bury it again because the over army is being annihilated right now. <laughs> I also, uh, in that one, it's not there yet, but if this thing keeps creeping up, if, if, if I get the 24, I will be firing team total, team total under 24 on Kentucky. Uh, I, I have some concerns with Will Levis. Basically, anytime they call that deep shot over route, he throws it, whether it's triple covered or not. I mean, that one pick he threw against South Carolina, you had, you had, you know, South Carolina defenders like running into each other to pick it. Um, they, yeah, that. I like what they're trying to do on offense. It's just not there yet for me. I'm not a lock. I like Florida there. I, I distrust of Kentucky. Think Florida can win the game by double digits, and if you can get it right there anywhere under ten, uh, I don't hate the play. You mentioned some bad quarterback play. Uh, There's also a lot of poor offensive line play to blame for uh, what we've seen from offenses this year. And so that's why I'm going to turn to Tom Fernelli's number 70 team in the country, the Clemson Tigers. And I'm going to be looking at this, uh, this matchup against Boston college. And uh, the play, the play is to take the under and I, Dennis Grossel is going to be able to do a little bit more with his legs than Phil Jerkovic can do, but guess what? The deep ball's gone. And when you've got a wide receiver talent like Zay Flowers, the vertical passing game that Boston College's offense uh, can be when Jerkovic is in there is gone. They're figuring out ways to get it done. A veteran offensive line has done a good job of gelling together, and that BC staff has shown that they can be um, a, a, a little agile, adjust on the fly, and be able to still find ways to have success. I don't think that they have that success against Clemson. Jeff Halfley, for one half last year, had DJ's number. Uh, DJ really struggled against Boston College's defense, and I think that you know Halfley, former like defensive back, pass coverage uh, savant, I think he's got a good game plan uh, as Clemson continues to try to uh, find ways to climb out of this hole offensively. 15 and a half, I wouldn't hate BC, but the game is in Death Valley, at night, and I just would hate to have uh, have a cover go bust on a 17-point Clemson win, but I don't think that we see Clemson be able to totally uh, run it up against this Boston College defense, which is why the best play for me is that 
Boston College makes it competitive, but they can't move the ball on offense, which takes me to the under. Another under. I mean, we're just going to be sitting there on Saturday rooting for punts, <laughs> punts, and more punts. And we don't have to when we have 80 points to work with in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, I have I have one over on the card, and I'm like, I'm almost like thinking maybe I'll just get rid of it. <laughs> just because I don't I don't want to ruin what we've got going on here. I really I'm enjoying it so far. Uh no, I'll I'll I'll, I'll consider it. Um I'm going to go to the a team that I just don't trust. Or I, it's not that I don't trust it. I just think that it's kind of in a it's in a tricky spot here. It's a team that kind of burned me last week and it's not this isn't revenge or anger, but it's a lesson learned. I'm going to take Oregon minus seven and a half at Stanford because what the hell? Why is Oregon only a seven and a half point favorite against Stanford, who I have being about 12 to 13 points worse than the Ducks? And I know that they're at home, but there's no home field advantage for Stanford at home. Defensively, they've been terrible. They're ranked 118th nationally in success rate. They're ranked 109th in points allowed per drive at 2.39. And those numbers are even skewed a little bit because if you take out that game against Vanderbilt, uh, the 2.39 points per possession jumps to 2.56. So like, this is a team that really hasn't shown an ability to stop anybody. And I think Oregon's going to go on the road. And we saw like last week, the Ducks were kind of like, playing with their food with Arizona before turning it on and just pulling away in the second half. I wouldn't be shocked if we see another kind of performance like that this week where it's like maybe it's tight at halftime, but then the Ducks just blow them out of the water in the second half. The the difference in Oregon and the teams uh, in the mid to lower tier of the Pac-12 probably is whether Oregon's going to play down or whether Oregon is going to pull away late. I feel like that Arizona storyline we might see a lot this year. Wouldn't surprise me. Bud, where do you want to go? I want to jump in with an absolutely nasty game here. Um, this is this is big. Give me New Mexico State plus 28. A uh, couple of those left. If you use Odds Jam, I see we have, uh, well, obviously I'm not going to cite Penny. Uh, DK has one out there. So uh, New Mexico State plus 28. If you caught this or not, San Jose State's quarterback was in a sling mm-hmm. following the game last week. New Mexico State's quarterback is back. Uh, anyway, I just I don't think the number properly reflects this because I actually think that the, that the QB for SJSU is pretty good. Uh, and it's the starter hard. for New Mexico State isn't – he's not good, but he's just not terrible, terrible. New Mexico State is like a – it's a bad team, but it's been much more competent – than you expect in context of the fact that it is a bad team. Yeah, like they are. Tom, where do you have them in, in your power ratings? Uh, like 124th. <laughs> so I, I've got them 129th. So yeah. like this is not a play that says I like New Mexico State. It's just they get their quarterback back. San Jose State is listing four oars at their quarterback position, which yeah. I doubt if the kid was in a sling at the end of the game, and you're favored by 28. Do you really want to play him in this, or do you want to give him another week of rest? Yeah, this is. What more if about that kid is Nick Starkle, and he's seen more stuff than you yeah. can believe? He's like, no, I got it, coach. He's figuring out a way to get out there. Um, they, got, they got some games coming up, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm with you. That no, no, no. I, I love Starkle. He's awesome. There's, there's no reason to, uh, there's, there's no reason to test it if you think that you can get past New Mexico State. Which, as as sad as you are as San Jose State to take a 23 to three loss to, um, was it Central or Western? Western. 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 Last week. Um, yeah, you you probably want to have the Mountain West Conference picture in mind uh, with your quarterback as well. Coming up on the other side, more of our Week 5 locks next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? or the standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Do you want to use your college football expertise to win big-time cash prizes? Well, now's your chance with College Pick'em from CBS Sports. Correctly pick the whole slate of games, and you can win the $100,000 jackpot this week and every week of the season by visiting cbssports.com slash college. Even if no one wins the weekly jackpot, we're still going to give away $1,000 of guaranteed cash to the winner each week and $5,000 to the season-long champ. So don't wait. Make your picks and compete for the $100,000 jackpot by visiting cbssports.com slash college today. Once again, that is cbssports.com slash college to get in on the college pick'em from CBS Sports. I uh, was checking the cover three podcast pick them standings. And uh, while I am sitting, I think at 143rd, it's because I whiffed on a week, you know, and I, I felt really bad. I, I let down, um, you know, the spirit of the contest, but then I saw some of y'all that haven't missed any weeks that are behind me. <laughs> 50 to 75 of y'all that have come back every week and are still behind me. Who didn't turn him in for week two? So get your game up. I think Bud is the highest of all of us. Bud's sitting at like 18th or something, but that's only maybe like two or three picks off the lead. I'm not even in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Can I join now? (laughs) And just try to play catch up? Yeah. 
Sure. Sh- shoot me a link after the show. We promoted <laughs> it here on the show. CBS I never Sports- got a link. CBSSports.com slash cover three. And if it asks you to put in the promo code, the promo code is cover three. Okay. I'm going to join right Come now. On. We're not CBSSports.com slash three. <laughs> promo code cover three. All right. I got to pick. Okay. I'm going to go more mainstream. I'm going to go more mainstream game. Uh, it would be the, impossible not to be any more mainstream than Saturday. Just, <laughs> oh, no, wait, wait. True. Important update. Important update, bud. I have New Mexico State ranked 127th. <laughs> it, is, it is ahead of Akron, UConn, and UMass. So the Michigan Wolverines traveling to Madison to take on the Wisconsin Badgers. This line stinks to me. Because you got two and two Wisconsin, who looks awful. Graham Mertz' confidence looks shot. Michigan's four and zero. Everyone's celebrating. This is the year. Jim Harbaugh's back. They have their old Smash Mouth football ready to go. It's ready to take the road. Man, I was surprised at this line, but this is the one of those ones where you say somebody knows something. Give me the Badgers. They are now the home favorite, right? Laying one and a half. What's the best number I can get? I can get you. These are all over two. the map. Uh, actually, wait. Uh, no, there is a two and a half right now uh, at three different spots, including uh, DraftKings. So I can get Wisconsin as a dog, a home dog? No, no. I thought you were trying to take Michigan. No, I want to take the Badgers. I think this is the one where everyone's going to see, like, how is this possible? How can how can Michigan not be the favorite in this game? It makes zero sense to me either. Although, Cade McNamara hasn't exactly been a world beater. I think this game will be gross. You're talking about bad quarterback play, unless Wisconsin makes a change. But Wisconsin has owned Michigan the last couple of years. I mean, I think they still have nightmares of Jonathan Taylor running for 200 yards in the second quarter. Michigan's schedule hasn't exactly been a gauntlet in the second half. They kind of struggled to really close out that Michigan, uh, the Rutgers game. There were some rumblings that there is a quarterback controversy developing in, in, in Ann Arbor. Like Cade McNamara has played nice, but they have not asked him to do anything. Do we trust him yet? Do we trust the passing game? Because that is the one area where I think Wisconsin could have some success is slowing down Michigan's running attack. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Badgers at home against the Michigan Wolverines. Danny, I love you. I was able to get you Wisconsin minus one and a half. Perfect. And now I must fight you. Fight, 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 fight. Maybe we'll middle, but I'm taking Michigan plus two and a half because I just, there's, I cannot trust this Wisconsin offense right now for anything. This is like Graham Mertz's interception rate is 6.7%. They cannot throw the ball against anybody for anything. Like the few times that the receivers do get open, Mertz is missing them. I think that they can run the ball, but they've only got one running back that I trust. Like this is a Wisconsin team that over the years, like when it's been running over Michigan, even when it had Jonathan Taylor, it had other guys. Right now, I feel like Wisconsin's entire run game is Ches Malusi, and that's it. And no offense to him, I don't think this Wisconsin offensive line is as good as the lines we've seen in recent years. I don't think their run game is as good. I think Malusi has, you know, he's a guy that's going to get what's there, but he hasn't shown any ability to do much beyond that. And that gives me grave concerns about this Wisconsin offense going forward. Now, defensively, they're still phenomenal. 
Michigan on the road, I'm guessing McNamara, whoever's playing, is going to struggle. There are going to be problems. This is probably going to be a pretty ugly game. The total's a little too low for me to want to take the under there, though. But I just think that Michigan's defense, or Wisconsin's defense will keep it in the game. But Michigan can run the ball. And defensively, the Wolverines have been really sound as well so far this season. So I think this is going to be a close game. And I think Michigan's going to win, but I'm going to take the points. Bar fight. 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 And I'm with Big Blue. Give me Michigan. I mean, just what do you do against Wisconsin? I don't know. We put eight, nine guys in the box. No respect for your playmaking at the wide receiver position. If we think that we can keep Jake Ferguson in check, then we don't respect the Wisconsin passing game. Jim Harbaugh, first dub in Camp Randall, happens on Saturday. Mm. My numbers say Michigan, but my head says do not take Michigan. (laughs) It's Um, scary. It is. It's scary to take Harbaugh's Michigan teams as a road dog. The reason I'm staying off this, right, is I... We talked to Sam Webb on the Around the Clock series, and he told us, look, Michigan doesn't really – they don't think their, their defensive line, run-stopping-wise, is that great. And Michigan, that's like the only part of their defense that's really not played very well. And they haven't played anybody that's a, a great running team as of yet. Uh, I am concerned about Michigan's inability to hit plays over the top. I do not think Wisconsin is going to allow a lot of that short stuff. Just about the only thing Wisconsin has done poorly this year on defense is allow the explosive pass. However, Rutgers plays a similar style, not in terms of like what their coverage scheme is, but in terms of Rutgers says, we're going to take away everything short. If you beat us over the top, congratulations. Michigan doesn't have Bell, their most dynamic receiver, right? And they have been completely unable to hit explosive pass plays. I think some of their longest pass plays of the year are actually to their backs. Uh, I, I think Wisconsin may end up smothering Michigan here. I really thought about firing an under. I still might. Not going to lock it up, but I... I this might be a good buy low spot on Wisconsin. I don't know. My guy Scott has an intimate knowledge of Michigan football, and uh, and he seems to be upset with my picks. So uh, I understand we are we are jumping in front of uh, a freight train of distrust with Jim Harbaugh as a um, underdog, Jim Harbaugh and Camp Randall. But I I I think Michigan might be pretty a good football team, and I I watched too much of Wisconsin Notre Dame, so that that is my bias. This is my bias. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's do a quick uh, review here to get uh, anybody caught up who just joined the show. So far, Tom is on the under 48 and a half in Arkansas and Georgia, the under 51 in Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Alabama minus 14 and a half, and Oregon minus seven and a half, Michigan plus two and a half. Chips got BYU minus eight and a half, Notre Dame plus two and a half, the under 46 and a half in Boston College Clemson, also on the Wolverines. Danny's got Maryland plus 30 and a half, the under 48, two, two for one special there on Friday night, the under 80, Bama Ole Miss, and the under 55 and a half in Florida, Kentucky. Bar fight, he's on Wisconsin, uh, Chip and Tom on Michigan. Bud's got UVA plus five and a half down in Miami Gardens, the under 48, Maryland, Iowa, the under 80 in Bama Ole Miss. Arkansas, first half, team total under six and a half, and New Mexico State plus 28. All right, let's go. uh, Short line. It was too short last week. It's too short again. I'm going UCLA. I'm laying three. 
All right. Uh, um, let's take a look here. UCLA. Where are you? UCLA and Arizona State. Um, Arizona waiting for Arizona State to become a Pac-12 South contender. Yeah, is a, the best thing. Yep, sorry. It's a game yeah. that'll lose you money. UCLA is a good football team. They're the second best team in the Pac-12. They win this game by a touchdown. I do not think that I am. A, if UCLA plays down to Arizona State and this is a, a close game, I still like UCLA to have a few more playmakers, especially at the tight end position, uh, more than Arizona State. So Bruins are a better team in, in ways that seem uh, one touchdown, not a field goal, or even three and a half. So give me the Bruins. I don't hate it. Arizona yeah. State's run defense is not nearly as good as the pass defense. I'm sure UCLA will love to run the football here. Uh, this is a game that I have circled to live bet just because I want to see how healthy Dorian Thompson Robinson actually looks. He was really dinged at the end of that game. Otherwise, Chip, we'd, we'd be there uh, together. All right. I got one for you. I got another one that just line, like, I look at this. It's a little bit confusing, but maybe it does make some sense. So Texas is traveling to TCU. Now, I got burned last week because I thought Texas Tech would have a chance. TCU loses to SMU this past week. Tanner Mordecai continues to just wreak havoc across college football. They plant the flag. It's a brawl. Jerry Kill, like, gets knocked out. It's it's <laughs> ugly, right? Gary Patterson's fired up. So TCU can't have a chance here, right? Like, they don't have any chance. Maybe TCU was looking ahead to the Texas Longhorns coming to town. This is uh, – what's the line at right now? Five. If yeah. you want TCU, I can get you five and a half. I want TCU here. What Much like the, the politician that was – testifying when Oklahoma and Texas departed for the SEC who stood up there and read off the record. She said TCU is seven and two against the Longhorns in their last nine meetings. And they're the ones that are getting to go and they're going to leave us, <laughs> man. Give me them horn frogs as a dog. Gary Patterson's got his team playing some defense. If they burn me, cause I do think there's a chance all gas, no breaks could get going. Like, I almost just want to take this one for TCU. Like, wouldn't it be funny if? <laughs> but I'm going to take the points here. Maybe it's one of those wild, wackier Big 12 games. But history tells me TCU is going to get the best side of this one. And if Texas does win, I think it'll be closer. Plus, everyone and their brother is on Texas figuring, hey, they just put up 70. TCU just lost to SMU. They have no chance. I'm going to give them a chance. I'm very concerned about this pick for you, Denny. Like, oh, I'm not I'm not trying to fire on Texas here, but let's think about what Texas offense does well. They run the ball with Bajan Robinson, and they throw deep. Mm -hmm. That is like exactly the two things that TCU defensively is bad at. Uh, so they are 102nd in rushing success rate allowed, 127th in rushing efficiency defense. And in their pass game, their pass defense looks incredibly good on a down-to-down -down basis, and they are dead last in the country 130 out of 130 in passing this explosive or passing explosiveness allowed so it's like if texas game plan is let's run Bijan and then throw deep off play action like you couldn't draw up in a lab something that tcu has done a worse job stopping this year like i'm i'm i really thought about tcu here and i might sprinkle a little bit on like one of the alt lines you know if i could find like tcu minus a touchdown at something crazy because i think there's it's potentially a high variance game and i want to capitalize on that variance but man, I don't like the uh, I, 
like like it's I don't think Texas offense is like that amazing, but shoot, the things they do well are like the exact things you could circle and say TCU has done really poorly. So not only does TCU have Texas's number, but it is also the historical precedent that they screw up the week before. <laughs> Every everything has followed. Like I think they're five and fourteen. Or something. There's a there's a very lopsided uh, record of the week before Texas, where yes, Texas is the number one thing on TCU's mind by everything that we've been able to gather by the way the Horn Frogs play, both before and during the Longhorns. That game is terrifying. Uh, I'm I, I'm glad you're jumping in there, man, because we needed to get somebody to mention this game because it's very interesting, and I've got no confidence. It is, and if anybody has a play here, please let me know. It is like the two most untrustworthy friends you have have decided they're going to meet at eight o'clock local time in Baton Rouge with like 90,000 people after spending all day partying. I don't trust anything about Auburn LSU. I trust nothing. Does anybody have a lock in this game? LSU favored by three and a half. I, I don't, I don't understand this game at all. I think it will be fun. I look forward to watching it, but I almost think it's the game where no matter what happens, I will be very careful not to let it change my opinion of either team just because it is such a, it's a wild series in general, but I don't, I don't have a good feel for the game. I just had to put a pick in for it on our cover three pick em pool that I'm now a member of. And no, I don't like anything in this game. But I did take Auburn in the points, but I'm not going to lock it. Same in the pick'em pool that yeah. you are now a part of, which also <laughs> includes Missouri, Tennessee as the tiebreaker game. Yeah, which, by the way, if I get one pick right this week, I climb up like 20 spots. So I so bad want to jump on LSU here. I, did you guys see what Bo Nix did? Like, did you guys see the pictures? I think there might even be video out there after TJ Finley leads him down the field for a last second, you know, heroic drive. Was it like, a good teammate or a bad teammate? Wasn't the, wasn't the cheering like, and I've been there, you got to suck it up and it's just what you have to do. Like, way to go. Give him a high five. And you're like, oh, this sucks. Bo Nix just went with the old, this sucks kind of look on his face at the other side of the field. I don't, I don't trust Auburn in this spot. Who's going to play quarterback? I like the way Max Johnson is playing. I think they figured out things offensively. I would like LSU and I kind of want to take it, but I'm not going to. It's just, it's a weird game. But it screams to me, take LSU. The home Baton Rouge, they're going to be liquored up late. Isn't it 9 o'clock? I mean, they're gonna, yes. yeah. it's going to be it's going to be lit. <laughs> give, me, give me the Tigers of oh. Auburn. Oh. Plus three and a half. Is that yeah. LS, let me, can I guess it? LSU run defense play? There's a little bit of that. LSU's run defense is not good at all. LSU does not run the football very well. Uh, I was actually just texting about this with the dentist. And I don't think you can actually read this on my phone, but LSU's offense last week was essentially three explosive plays and nothing else. All right. Like it was like, a, if you look at the total yards of this, but they had 64 yard touchdown pass. That was the one where two defensive backs from Mississippi state ran into each other and got hurt. All right. 58 yard touchdown pass, 41 yard touchdown pass. Mississippi State had a couple really critical turnovers early in the game. First quarter fumble right at their uh, at their own 35, and then a pick uh, in the red zone of LSU. I think the wrong team's favored here. Uh, the thing that I am most confident in this game by far is LSU's back seven being able to, to play decent pass defense and run with LSU's receivers. Uh, 
so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Auburn. I expect Auburn to win the football game. All right. Bud taking Auburn. Uh, looking forward to watching that one. As uh, as Danny mentioned, it's an 8 o'clock local, 9 o'clock Eastern time kickoff in Tiger Stadium between Auburn and LSU. Woo-wee. That's going to be something. Uh, I'm going to – a real quick pair of uh, – well, does anybody have an Oklahoma-Kansas State play? I do. Okay. Um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Right I'll just it's gonna Tom's gonna love it. Give me another under. Like I and I'm I'm going back to where I'm flipping it around from left side. Like I I keep like, hey, maybe they break out. Maybe this is the week the offense figures it out. The offensive line develops some continuity. Spencer Rattler becomes the Heisman. I gotta see it before I, I do it. Uh Skylar Thompson still doubtful. I think not expected to play in the right. game, although he's getting better, he's getting closer. I just I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. Oklahoma's defense has been playing their lights, you know, hanging on for dear life. Give me the under. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair until Oklahoma's offense figures it out. I'll probably keep fading them in these totals. Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma's defense keeps me from taking Kansas State plus the 10.5 or 11. The children are singing because I'm right there with you. I think that the, in a weird way, Oklahoma unders have become a thing. Yeah. I, it's strange, but uh, but I, I will also be on uh, the under for this game, and it's in Manhattan. Uh, and, yeah. And what's our? Do we have any any uh, weather conditions, Tom? Uh, we do have some weather conditions, but it's not quite the weather conditions you're hoping for. But at Bill Snyder Stadium on Saturday afternoon, there will be temperatures in the upper 60s with slight breezes of seven to eight miles per hour blowing across the field and rain. Awesome. Oh, and rain. Ooh, okay. So that's that could be uh, that could be nice for the kind of uh, slobber knocker game that uh, Kansas State wants to play. Um, um, one more thing in this. Yes. Will Howard, the backup quarterback for Kansas State, did not play the second half last week with a lower body injury, and they have not been definitive, at least from what I've seen so far. Maybe somebody in the chat has seen a more recent report, but as of uh, as of Wednesday, I've not seen a report that he's definitely going to play. And uh, speaking of that game, uh, I'm going to come right back, keeping it in the Big 12, and I will take Oklahoma State minus three and a half. Uh, Great win for Baylor. This is exactly what Dave Aranda needed for this program. Uh, I had it as a lock, and for them to be able, the way that game played out, Iowa State showed a little bit of fight. It wasn't fluky. Baylor did a good job of winning. But this is of two very different paths that Oklahoma State and Baylor have taken to where they are. And I just think that the Cowboys, having uh, you know gone on the road to Boise State, having uh, gotten caught in all these different style of games, you've got the Tulsa game. I just, I really like Oklahoma State to um, show that they are the better team here. And three and a half feels a little bit short. This is where Baylor, which has gained a lot of confidence in itself, going up against the likes of Texas Southern, Texas State, and Kansas. I think that's where we see the team that's a little bit more battle-tested proves to be so. So I will take the Cowboys and lay the three and a half. Dig it. You want, Can we go sicko mode? Yeah. yeah. All right. I already went sicko mode once with my 129th rated team. I'm going to load up on my 130th rated team. I am going to take UConn plus... Oh. Oh. 15 is the best I see out there. <laughs> That's just cold-blooded. Um, You're just being mean. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, still send Barton a Christmas card. 
but <laughs> this, is, this is just cash money, baby. Uh, I, I think that UConn is actually a significantly better team now that they've found a quarterback in Fomachon, right? Like, I know that's kind of crazy and we don't follow that stuff a lot, but the, the kid that plays for Clemson, right? Uh, his little brother is now the QB mm-hmm. for UConn. And I think he's actually a decent bit better than everybody else they've been starting who have been absolutely terrible. And I think he's merely bad as opposed to uh, terrible. And uh, I just – do we really trust Vanderbilt to be laying more than two touchdowns? I know it is UConn, so it's almost like an FCS team. But Vandy also lost to an FCS team last year. Or, excuse me, last – well, hell, still this month. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and give me UConn there. And uh, now I'm betting on this two worst teams I have in the whole country. <laughs> Speaking of betting on bad teams and the state of Tennessee, I'm taking the Vols plus three against Mizzou this week. I'm going to lock that up. This is just... I don't have a ton of faith in the Tigers right now. So this is one of those areas for me. This is There's some numbers that back this up but for myself, but this is also kind of just a gut feel about the way that I've seen these two teams playing. I think that Tennessee is... I think it's a live dog. I'm taking the points. I might consider a money line sprinkle for it later, but I definitely want Tennessee plus three because I do think this is going to be kind of a close, sloppy-ish, kind of strange game. I I don't want any part of Missouri right now. That's a as that is a volatile, um, a volatile substance that needs to be handled mm-hmm. with like gloves and tongs. You should not get too close to Missouri. Uh, you you might get infected. With something. <laughs> um, let's see. I've got two left. Where's that? Same. Same. Three. Three. All right, Tom. Back to you. All right. Uh, for my next trick, I am going to go with a team that is an underdog on the road that I think has a very good shot of winning outright. I'm going to make, I could still get it two and a half. Give me Washington plus two and a half at Oregon State. Like, I think this line is a bit of an overreaction to what Oregon State did against USC last week. And I think that this is a Washington team that looked terrible against Montana to open the season and looked awful again the week after that against Michigan. But in its last couple games, I think the Huskies have figured some stuff out. I don't think that they're a high-octane explosive offense or anything of that nature yet. But I do think they're figuring out what works for them, what they can do, and they're doing it, and they're doing it effectively. And I still think defensively, this is a very solid team. And I, I, I like the Beavers. I like what Jonathan Smith's done there. I just, I'm not at a point where I'm ready to make Oregon State a favorite over Washington. So give me the Huskies. Our beloved Beavs turning your back on them in a wrong team favored situation. Mm. Wrong team favored. Wrong team favored. Um, I th- so. Last year, and still this year, Pitt has not become a team that is very good at running the football. However, they have one of the most prolific quarterbacks in the country in Kenny Pickett, and that passing attack has been cooking, especially recently. But last year, there was one team where they ran for more than 152 yards uh, on the ground at more than five yards per carry, and it was against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. The one team that Pitt could run against last year was Georgia Tech. They ran for 317 yards at 5.87 yards per carry. They ran it 54 times, and it was a competitive game. Now, it was December 10th in the COVID year. Do you think that that where was Georgia Tech at? How invested were they? Worthy questions to ask, but 
know, this was a Yellow Jackets team that had just you know logged a win against Duke, had been competitive against NC State, and I do not look at Jeff Collins as the kind of coach that is going to allow his team to check out of any down, to check out of any game. And so I think that there must be uh, some either a structural weakness or a schematic advantage or something in this matchup between these two teams where a lot of our personnel has not turned over from when they played in December where Pitt, a team that is not very good at running the ball, can run the ball and will run the ball uh, against Georgia Tech. So uh, Georgia Tech coming in with a lot of confidence. They are going to be playing at home, not in the big body bins, but uh, back at Bobby Dodd Stadium. And the Panthers come in uh, as three-point road favorites. I will lay those points, and I will also go back to an old uh, adage, which is Pat Narduzzi in games between three-and-a-half and three-and-a-half and uh, has been profitable against the spread. I mean, it just, it's just part of that that pit identity, man. They just they love these these rock fight games uh, and find ways to come out on top. So I think that uh, Kenny Pickett and the passing attack, obviously very dangerous and something would not be surprised if they had success, but it is knowing that this was one team that Pitt could run the ball against very successfully a year ago. That has me having a little bit more confidence in my gut, which was to, to take pick Pittsburgh in this spot. I, I looked up the trend for you because as soon as I knew where you were going, uh, in games that touchdown range of minus three and a half to plus three and a half, Narduzzi's pit teams are 13, five, and three against the spread. But there is another trend that I was I'm, against it. I'm tracking this year. Just, it's <laughs> underdogs in ACC conference games are currently six and two against the spread. Just something to keep in mind and keep your eye on as Are we go forward. Are you throwing NFC least principles on the ACC? <laughs> I mean, look at the ACC. Yeah, it, no one deserves to be favored. Take ACC underdogs uh, every week. ACC mm-hmm. should stand for alternate spread or alternate line coastal conference or whatever the hell you want. Like, anyway, <laughs> work, work the word alternate line in there because like these are not these spreads are nowhere close. Uh, okay, but or DK R- rapid fire. No, I was, rap, we could do rap fire. What, what's going on with the Ohio State Rutgers uh, line? Well, it just hit 14, uh, which is where I was going to go. Okay, go ahead. Where are you uh, going? Also, over 36 and a half team total. The one thing Rutgers defense does not do very well at all is defend the explosive pass. C.J. Stroud has looked good in practice this week, according to both uh, Ryan Day, but also the receivers who, who were talked to. I expect they will be able to throw the ball over the top against Rutgers. I've already bet uh, Ohio State in this one as well, and uh, – we might finally have to see Rutgers play with a, a pretty good uh, deficit here. So you've got the over team total of what? Uh, 36 and a half. 36 and a half, and you're taking the minus 14 as well. Yeah. I'll take – give me uh, Ohio State and lay the points. I'll lock lay agreement. <laughs> Isn't that lock unity? Wait, hold on. Did you say uh... – Wait, I thought you were doing a team total. Are I did both. Off? Yeah. Well, it's happened to infinity and beyond. No, I'm not on it. Oh, I thought you were on it. No. Didn't you just play the lock unity? For Because for it's y'all three. Oh, I hadn't made my pick yet. You're jumping the gun. Um, <laughs> okay, fine. Then, yeah, just okay. I'll, I don't want to ruin a Latifah. So, <laughs> lock unity. Let's go. <laughs> you gotta let them know when I do, 
My bad, Tom. Wow. I didn't mean to cut you off. Wow. I'm just, wow. No, that's cool. I mean, yeah, it's once it got to two touchdowns, I mean, I, I think we've talked about it. Rutgers is doing a great job of being a pain in the butt, but I just, I don't see it this weekend. All right. Um, so are we almost all out? I got one. I got one more. All right. One more. You guys see UAB's new stadium. You see it unveiled $180 million. They've invested in 45,000 first home game. Bill Clark ain't losing that game. Exactly. I think they have to lay two and a half. They're going to win that game. Malik Willis, Syracuse, uh, the loss Liberty had against Syracuse coming in. This is one of those ones where you absolutely have to win the home opener. 45,000 fans jammed in there. They've played better competition. Give me UAB in this one. Get you one and a half. Oh, even better. Love that. All right. I've got two left. I've got. I'll go quickly on one. It's uh, This is just a numbers play. I've been burned by this team on this podcast already once this season, but it's been a while, and I, if, if I'm going to have numbers, I have to trust them, or what the hell's the damn point? Give me Southern Miss plus two against Rice. Anybody want to join me? Anybody? I, I already have a nice chunk on, on the three and a half in the Bud's Bets column, but like that's across that key number. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to pass on joining, but that was, yeah, that one know, it's gone down to two it. since I got it at three and a half earlier in the week too. But yeah, that's that, that line just is weird to me. And then finally, I guess it's safe. I could do it now. I am doing the over 47 in Minnesota Purdue because mm. that number is just, I, I've got it at like 51 and a half 52. So I, I think that there is some overreaction to, a Minnesota's performance against Bowling Green last week, which I understand because they lost at home to Bowling Green in a 14-10 game. And I think there's just, I don't think Purdue's offense has been great, but I, I look at this matchup and I don't expect it to be like a shootout, but like this is a 28 to 24 kind of game. So that's what I'm going over. We fade Hawaii on the big island. Hawaii at home is not good against the spread. Now, why? I don't know. We can point to lots of different reasons, <laughs> including the idea that they might be overvalued with um, the trip for the visiting team. I think that Fresno minus 10 and a half against Hawaii is a great opportunity uh, for us to go and cash in on that trend because Fresno is a good football team and Hawaii does not do a great job of covering the spread. And this year's Hawaii team uh, does not uh, intimidate me too much. So my final lock is going to be late night on the mothership, tucking yourself in like everybody wants to with the Mountain West game on CBS Sports Network. Give me Fresno, lay the points. Chip, I thought about this too because Hawaii, Fresno does have the bye week coming up. So like there's no look ahead spot here. They had their hangover game last week that they, they won, but barely. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. My last one is Penn State. Um, I thought about this. If if Indiana had lost the game like they probably should have lost last week, right, as far as like how the game was was actually played, and if Western Kentucky didn't do that ridiculous punt. I mean, my, my numbers say Western Kentucky should have won that game outright. What is this spread? It's over 14, right? If, if Indiana had lost like the game was actually played. Mm-hmm. 
So for that reason, I think we're getting value here at what, 12, 12 and a half. And it's danced there too. So it opened 10 and a half, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I, this could get, I'm just, I'm not concerned about this. Um, I, I I think Penn state's a much better team than Indiana is. Um, yeah, go ahead and give me Penn state minus 12, 12 and a half, whatever we can get now, Tom. I mean, check trying to find a good number here for you. I mean, 12 is dead anyway, so I'll, I'll take 12 and a half. All right. All right, so is uh, is that it? Is all the locks out before we get to the sprinkles? Let us review. Tom, he's got the – who? not a lot. Okay, everybody on an island. Uh, Arkansas, under 48 and a half. Georgia, Arkansas, under 48 and a half. Notre Dame, Cincinnati, under 51. Alabama, minus 14 and a half. Oregon, minus 7 and a half. Michigan, plus 2 and a half. Tennessee, plus 3. Washington, plus 2 and a half. Southern Miss, plus 2. Ohio State, minus 14. And the Minnesota-Purdue, over 47. Chip's got BYU minus eight and a half, Notre Dame plus two and a half, the Boston College Clemson under 46 and a half, UCLA minus three, Michigan plus two and a half, the Oklahoma Kansas State under 52 and a half, Oklahoma State minus three and a half, Pitt minus three, and Fresno State minus 10 and a half. Danny, Maryland plus three and a half, the Maryland Iowa under 48, Bama Ole Miss under 80, the Florida Kentucky under 55 and a half, Wisconsin minus one and a half, the Oklahoma Kansas State under 52 and a half, TCU plus five and a half, UAB minus one and a half, Ohio State minus 14. Bud, uh, UVA plus five and a half, the Maryland Iowa under 48, the under 80, Bama Ole Miss, Arkansas first half team total under six and a half, New Mexico State plus 28. Auburn plus three and a half, UConn plus 15, Ohio State over 36 and a half, and Ohio State minus 14, and Penn State minus 12 and a half are lock agreements. Uh, Maryland, Iowa under, Bama, Ole Miss under. That's a pair between Danny and Bud. The Oklahoma, Kansas State under 52 and a half. That is a chip and Danny. We got ourselves a two on one bar fight. Danny's got Wisconsin minus one and a half, Michigan plus two and a half for Tom and Chip. Is there so I guess a Wisconsin two point win is our middle? Yeah, we're looking for a middle here. That's what is that? The the bar fight gets broken up and they buy our drinks. That's <laughs> when, yeah, it's it's when after at the end everybody's buying each other drinks. I'm like, oh, I was just a misunderstanding. Okay, that's our sweet spot. And then we've got Queen Latifah, U and I, T Y, Ohio State minus 14 for Tom, Danny, and Bud. So we turn our Oh, the dentist. Sorry. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That the loser. Dentist? Guess <laughs> one in three. Old miss plus fourteen and a half. Yeah. Huh. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the explanation, uh, I knew I should have gone with the LSU last week, but what UGA did to Vandy was completely uncalled for, very rude and bad karma. Confidence level still high. Uh, uh, he, he thinks uh, Ole Miss's offense is not taking a step back at all and believes that uh, Ole Miss's defense is taking a big step forward. Uh, and uh, Alabama will try to control clock, limit Ole Miss's defensive possessions. Uh, certainly possible they win by two scores, 14 and a half, too many points. And uh, we got the. Tooth emoji, lock emoji. Old Miss plus 14 and a half. So many unnecessary crowns going out in the Nashville area right now to make up for all these dentist losses. <laughs> no, actually, I think we should um, yeah. cap that. You know, why don't, why don't you come back next week? For it's a not a problem now, but if we don't take care of it, it's going to be a problem down the line. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn our attention to the money line sprinkles. Tom, you are the sprinkle leader. Nine would- and two. Wow. I would, like to dedicate, I would like to dedicate the money line sprinkles to Adam Flannery in the comments. Okay. <laughs> Is he being go ahead, go ahead and read our records now for Adam Flannery in the comments. Oh, oh yeah, because the show is actually making money, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Lot, so yeah. Tom is 
nine and two on Moneyline Sprinkles, up 13.83 units. Bud is six and four on Moneyline Sprinkles, up 6.95 units. Danny at six and five, up 5.15. And Chips on a four-game sprinkle losing streak, but still up 1.8 units on the season. So, Tom, what are the sprinkles for this week? Uh, I will. Let's. I've got. I'm going to go with three. I had a possible fourth, but I'm not, I'm not going to follow it up. I will take my first sprinkle is I'm taking Syracuse plus 180. Really? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, it, it's nothing personal. Uh, I'm going to take, again, we're sticking with that whole ACC underdog theme here, the way things have been working in that conference. Another one, I'm taking Louisville plus 210. And as one I've got on the locks is the spread, I, wrong team favorite situation. I'm going to be taking Washington plus 115. Has an 0-4 team ever been favored over a 3-1 and team before? I don't know if that's ever happened. I don't know. But what are, I like the Seminoles this weekend. They've been fighting. I think they get their first win. I was going to have it as a lock, but I, wanna, I don't feel that great about it. The only thing I played so far in this game is under 25 and a half first half. Um, I think that FSU will try to lean on the run game. Syracuse can't throw the ball. FSU can't throw the ball. Uh, FSU's run defense is the reason they're favored here. It's legitimately very good. Uh, they they have a couple guys up front who will play professional football. Uh, and Syracuse, their defense has actually been really good as well. Um, I I don't know who wins this got to see like robert scott came like the the names we gave out the last two weeks remember we said these guys don't play bet more on wake bet more on louisville bet the alternate line robert scott tried to play he gave up like four or five sacks he clearly wasn't ready to come back marie smith Mm -hmm. did not come back uh will milton play will jordan travis play i don't know we'll see uh may see some of the third stringer trevor purdy this week i definitely uh, don't hate the money line play here because i think the syracuse win is very much in play this team is not healthy all right, so Bud, money line sprinkles. All right, uh, well, let me see what what else do I still have here? Can we can, can I go last? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> okay. Bud has traded his number two spot to Danny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go. Give me the Terps. Give me the Terps playing at home Friday night. Uh, I took that as one of my locks. I like him in this spot. Um, I have another one for you. Uh, give me Troy. Over South, South Carolina. Carolina, two and two Troy, go ahead and win that game. Let me see the best number I can find you here. Man, I uh, there's a couple other that I really wanted to take, but I don't love them. Like Colorado, I was thinking about taking versus oh, USC. Like, little, wouldn't little, it be little, funny little. if? But yeah, I'm not yeah, going to touch yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would not do that. Uh, I'm good with those two. All right. Plus two forty-five is the best I could find. But do you need another minute? I think I got. No, I'm good. Uh, actually, Troy, Troy was on mine as well. Okay. Uh, I, I bet him plus the eight. I think it's down to seven now. So I, I gave out UVA and I, and I gave out Auburn. Obviously, I will have a piece of those, but I, I don't want to put that as my uh, as my sprinkle since I already gave it out. I I'll go ahead and uh, and stick with those. One I did consider, to be honest, is Akron. Ohio might have just quit. Hmm. It looked they, that way last they week. They looked terrible against Northwestern. So your pick is Troy, and well, there, there was just, a second. Just Troy. Just, just Troy? Troy. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, no, Ohio, like, cause that was, I had them plus 14 and a half last week on the lock spot and in the column. And that was just, they drove, they got the ball, they, they opened the game, they marched down the field, got into like to about the 10 yard line and then missed a field goal. Like they had a bunch of penalties backed up, didn't score, missed a field goal. And then from that point on, it was just like, you saw the air go completely out of them. All right. So uh, that's it. Well, we got, we need, just need chips, money line sprinkle. Yep. All right. Close your eyes. Visualize this. You're in the carrier dome. They're not. The house is filled. It won't be. The feeling is electric. Kind of. The noise (laughs) is deafening. You have a defense that is relentless. You have a special team that has been well Well coached. You have an offense that will not hurt and you have a game that's faster than you've ever seen on turf. Not on turf. That's going to be a reality. That's going to be Syracuse football. <laughs> Is that the meanest thing we've ever done to each other? <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> This is going to be the game, though, if they do lose. They're going to have the guy, the, the guy reading the book, lonely, <laughs> like in a beautiful, sunshine-filled day in Tallahassee, and he's just not watching the game because it's gross. This is going to be that game. It's parents lose. weekend. Oh, gosh. Oh, uh-oh. Well, yeah. we're I mean, screwed now. Mom's there. Dino's your daddy now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dino, Dino is your father. If All right. Syracuse goes in and gets it done on, uh, on parents weekend. Do go ahead and, and, and give me give me that Akron plus three hundred. <laughs> Let's go. Ohio really may have quit. Um, tough, tough, tough look uh, for uh, Ohio. I remember around like eleven thirty midnight. We'll we'll let you know. We'll jump in and uh, follow us on Twitter. The show at Cover Three Podcast. We'll give you updates through the evening on Saturday. Uh, to let you know when we're going to be going live for our instant reaction, but you can get it right here at youtube.com slash cover three. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott three. You can follow me at chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. See ya. most all-star studded challenge ever and this time it's every competitor for themselves best challenge ever the challenge all-stars new season now streaming on paramount plus go to paramountplus.com to try it free terms apply